kid who will take old man Liston's title away. Me, a little old kid who don't even shave yet. I'm going to be champ of the world before I'm old enough to do my first shaving commercial. And I'm going to make boxing popular again. Me, with my beautiful, colorful personality. I'm going to make boxing interesting. Boxing doesn't have to be dull. It's the fighters who are dull. I watched the fight of the week on TV. They call that the fight of the week? It was so boring, every time the bell rang, it woke up the referee. <laughs> it hurts me to say this because I know a lot of fighters, and I like them. They are nice, gentle guys who wouldn't hurt anybody, not even in the rain. <laughs> and I'm going to bring back the excitement in boxing. I'm going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. And I won't be satisfied with that. After becoming champion of the world, I'm going to become champion of the universe. Good morning, loafers, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Social Loafer Podcast. Today is episode 41. Some people might call this stretching it. I call it a segue. Because in 1941, Joe Lewis defended his heavyweight championship belt against a guy. And he won. And it was great. <laughs> and Joe Lewis is a boxer. I don't know if you know that. I think that's great. It's good for him. From Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Joe Lewis from Detroit. And uh, so because of the 1941 and episode 41, we're going to talk boxing, boxers, boxing movies, and we've got Brian Blanchard with us, and we also have my old army buddy, Sean, with us today. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, Rocky. Forget about it. <laughs> so we have- Also known as pugilism. Okay, fine. Pugilism. Because it's the fancy word. It makes it sound like it's the sweet science. It's like not just two guys standing there punching each other. There is an art form to it. And uh, with today's pugilism conversation, we will talk about a lot of fighters. And I think Joe Lewis might be a good place to start. Oh, you want to start with the fighters? Sweet. Okay. So I have a list of boxers and I'm going to ask you guys, I got this off of ESPN.com. I'm going to give you the nickname, and I want to see if you guys can tell me the names. Does that make sense? Try it. Okay, so we're going to... We could always edit this out if it sounds horrible. It happens. (laughs) Make ourselves look like geniuses. No, we got them all right. (laughs) Let's start with with the easy one. The Brown Bomber. Joe Lewis. Very oh, that's good. That's easy, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> but you look so stunned. Like, I was like, oh, we're starting wait. with Joe Lewis? <laughs> it's called a segue. Oh, okay. God. Sugar Ray. Leonard Sugar or Robinson? Leonard. Very good. True story, yeah. <clears throat> Are they related? No, well, never mind. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> that's where editing comes in. Jesus, Brian, you just can't just tell everybody they're related. <laughs> Everybody's related. They have the same nickname. They're related. They're brothers from another mother. Everyone with the nickname Big. Yep, Big Family. <laughs> um, Golden Boy. Oh, Oscar De La Hoya. Nice. See, there's a reason why you guys are on this episode. Y'all know stuff. <laughs> The Bayoni Bleeder. Chuck Wepner. Chuck Wepner. Oh, he's the, the real life inspiration for the Rocky. Yeah. And he, he hated that name, by the way. Have you ever seen the movie Chuck? It's also you called know what? Bleeder. It, which is ironic. Um, I, I've been wanting to watch that movie, but I found out what a piece of shit he was. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah. I and I uh, I just never got around to it. 
Okay. Well, Leave Schreiber was about to get into a fight with a guy outside of the ring, like getting into the arena because he's like, hey, yo, Bayonne Ape Leader, you got this. But because he called him by the nickname, Chuck was going to go punch out the guy. Yeah. Like, the fuck? He also may or may not have worked for the mob. There is that. Yeah. But then again, boxing back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, it kind of was that way. But he, he wasn't yeah, he was no collections guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he yep. was. But he was uh, he wasn't nobody's bitch either. No, the greatest Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali, also known as the Louisville Lip. Yeah, I found that one out. Ne- never stopped moving his lips. The Hitman, Her- uh, Hearns, Tommy yeah, Hitman Tony Hearns. Hearns. Yep, Tony Hearns, aka the Motor City Cobra. Hmm. You know, I really think that uh, boxers promote themselves using their nickname and if you don't have a good nickname you're you're forgettable right well it depends what the nickname is Floyd Mayweather doesn't really oh money never mind yep hands of stone oh I just uh Dur- uh Duran Roberto Duran Roboito Duran also featured in the movie hands of stone smoking Joe Frazier Joe Frazier see that is it's so it's word association with mm-hmm. this stuff you know it's like you can't even call him Joe Frazier. It's smoking Joe Frazier. But yeah, like, that's how you know. It's crazy. I want a nickname. Brit. Smiley. Smiley? Uh, Do you call bump. me Smiley? <laughs> B- BJ Kid. BJ Kid. Oh, shit. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. BJ himself. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this game. I don't like this game. I quit. <laughs> um, here's another good one. I've never heard of this guy before, but I'm sure he's a big deal. The Living Death. Ooh, that is a good nickname. <laughs> uh, uh, you, Kelly Pollock? Nope. Someone named Lou Jenkins. This was back in like you, the you, 20s and 30s. You know what? I might even have some notes on Lou Jenkins now that you say it. Let's see here. Nope. Lou Furbo. Well, another nickname that he went by, because a, a lot of nicknames tend to follow along with where they're from. So his nickname was the Sweet Swatter from Sweetwater, Texas. Huh. And of course, going off of where you're from. That sounds a little zesty. Zesty. It's, a lot, that's, it's word diarrhea, man. That's why it's the living <laughs> death. <laughs> also going off of where you're from, the Bronx Bull. Bronx Bull. Joe LaMotta? Or Jake LaMotta. J- Jake LaMotta. Yep. Uh, he also went by Raging Bull. Yep. He had an extensive career outside of boxing, beyond the boxing ring. He was a, uh, I mean, he went to prison, you know, not, not a good guy. Yeah. Have you ever seen Raging Bull? Uh, yeah. Sean? Years and years ago. I, I had never seen it until about three or four days ago, and he is <laughs> a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, he ended up going to jail because he was um, soliciting 14-year-old girls yeah. into his nightclub he had for, a, for men. He had a type. Very young. <laughs> so uh, in 2016, the Bronx Bull came out, also featuring Jake LaMotta's life story. Oh, I didn't but, see that one. But of course, it's not Robert De Niro. No. So it's not going to be as good. De Niro gained a ton of weight for that movie. Anyway, oh, yeah. I've got two more on my list. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> I'm going to be looked at like I'm an idiot because this is going to be a big deal or something. The Mongoose. Archie Moore. Oh, Archie Moore. Yeah, I knew who the Archie Moore is. I didn't know his nickname was okay. Mongoose. Some yeah. guys probably weren't as well known by their nicknames. Right. And this is a ESPN.com 
the the greatest, most memorable boxing names kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one, I'm going to – well, no, I can't say that. I got two more because one of them will lead into a movie. Gentleman Jim Corbett. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying that because – That's 1800s guy. Yeah, this is yeah. back in the day. That back when it was still bare-knuckle boxing. Yep. Again, it's kind of like the Smokey Joe Frazier where he's not Jim Corbett. He's Gentleman Jim mm-hmm. because he ah. – revolutionize the sport to be more of a men's thing. Like it's a, it's not just a, a bare knuckle warrior thing. It's like a, it's like an art form. He was boxing when they switched over to gloves. Yeah. And then they, the, the championship fights for a while after that, even were, were still with bare knuckle. Hmm. So the real men had the belt. Oh, geez. Well, there was a movie that came out uh, called gentleman Jim in 1942 with Errol Flynn. Oh, no. That's such a long time ago, though. <laughs> I, I was getting rented from the library, and then I realized that uh, I didn't want to watch a movie from 1942, so I didn't watch it. I, no, there's I, some good <laughs> ones from back in the day. Well, I know Errol... Blanca. Right. Okay. One of my favorite movies is from the 30s. Uh, Wizard okay. of Oz. Have you seen okay. that one? Yes, I've seen that one. But it's uh-huh. like it's... But going from watching Creed 3 to Gentleman Jim from 1942, it just... It, yeah, that's kind of movies are different. Yep, and it's, it's such a hard transition because Errol Flynn is the Scarlet Pimpernel. I don't know if you knew that. No. Okay, he was a big deal actor back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, the Scarlet is like uh, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, they, he Errol Flynn was a big deal in the time of Humphrey Bogart, but uh, Errol Flynn was the Scarlet Pimpernel, which was like a nineteen twenty nineteen thirty superhero. Think of him kind of like Zorro. Oh, did he have like red hair and a bunch of pimples? I mean, I'm, <laughs> no. where do these names come from? <laughs> oh, my <know>? God. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last one I'm going to bring up because I feel like Brian might have something important to say about this. Uh-oh. Hurricane. Which one? <laughs> okay. Ruben it's Carter. The, I forget his name, but the one, the, the Denzel Washington movie. Exactly. Okay. Because yeah. Denzel Washington is your favorite actor. Yep. Yep. And uh, that movie was mostly about his time in prison. And uh, I, I didn't really care for the movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he like falsely accused or something? Yes. Like yeah. Yes. And he spent a long time in jail and then they eventually let him out. But I mean, you never forgot about the time he went to jail because that's all he talked about right up until the day he was, he was no longer with us. It was like 20 something years. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that stuff does happen, and it will probably continue to happen forever. So, just, to, so to have a, a boxer that is just known for his incarceration—that's sad. Yeah, like, I mean, he's in his prime, and all of a sudden he's gone. Damn, gone but not forgotten. Yeah, hey, you know who else went to prison over some false stuff? And I'm saying it here: Brian Blanchard, Mike Tyson went to prison for some false stuff. I agree in with his you. prime. I agree with you on that one. He spent five years in jail. Yeah, I don't like it. Did you see the movie Tyson? Yes. I didn't like how it ended because obviously it, it just ended with, oh, now he's in jail. Yeah. I, I remember the one that was on TV back like 20 years ago. Yep. The, Michael, what, Michael Jai White. Yeah. With, was, was that the one with uh, that mostly focused on his amateur uh, career? Don, Don, King Don and King. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's on HBO Max. Yep. Oh, okay. There's been so many like Mike Tyson documentaries and they're still trying to Dude, do one. Mike Tyson does his own podcast. He's really different. <laughs> he's yeah. he's not the guy everybody thinks he is. 
he's he well he's gotten spiritual you know he's definitely found god a lot of boxers do that yeah but i mean he he uh talks about you know he goes and talks to young kids about staying out of trouble and he happened to fall backwards into boxing he didn't like grow up wanting to box he grew up raising birds and some guy killed one of his birds and he one punch knocked out the guy and uh he got in trouble for it and then he was he was kind of in trouble a little bit but he was just kind of a soft spoken guy obviously and uh Gus Tomato got a hold of him and turned him into a machine put all that rage into the, under the end of his he was fist a killer back yeah. in the day iron mike i got a, a two disc set one time of just like a bunch of his fights and it's crazy cuz you'll have like 25 fights on one disc which is crazy <laughs> because so many of them are so short and then there's like four fights on the second disc and one of them is the bad one where right. he totally figured he was going to run all over Buster Douglas and oh he got screwed unfortunately throughout that fight a lot of dumb shit was going on in his life and he uh he he didn't get up when he should have <laughs> There was some, uh, some there was the, questionable there was the refereeing. When he knocked, yeah. Yep, some questionable refereeing going on. And, and then he thought he was going to kill the guy, so he brought his buddies out rather than the true cornermen. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't bring ice. They didn't know what they were doing. Hmm. I mean, at one point, the side of his head is all swollen, and they're using, like, a rubber glove filled with water. Jeez. With, with like, lukewarm water to, like, try to get swelling down. It's hard to get swelling down with, with like, an actual frozen piece of metal on your eye. You try yeah, doing it with lukewarm water, huh? Hmm. The end swell, I think it's called. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just, that was a bad night. It's disappointing that a lot of fighters are remembered for one fight or one incident, like biting Evander Holyfield's well, ear well, off. Like. Well, well, during that, during that uh, Buster Douglas thing, he was accused of beating Robin Givens, his then wife. Hmm. Now, Mike Tyson was knocking out fighters. I mean, guys who had never been knocked out. He was knocking them out in like, one round, 30 seconds, nothing. Do you think if he beat up Robin Givens, she'd be telling people she got beat up without any marks on her? Nope. But that's where we live in. You're guilty. <laughs> no due process for a killer like Mike Tyson. Well, it's also the whole celebrity of it all. Yeah. Everybody's watching you. So if somebody says something negative towards him, because they were married at the time, right? Yep. So you're going to side with the wife. Oh, he's, I'm married to this monster. He hit me. Oh, then all of a sudden she's the one that looks like a victim, and we take care of the victims. And people have a celebrity. hard time hard time believing that a professional boxer wouldn't be violent outside of boxing because a lot of them were. Look at Jake Lamada. Right. Well, I mean the same thing. They smacked around his wife a lot. Yeah, and they t- and they do talk about that a lot. Yeah. Funny you mentioned the the Holyfield. Uh, Mike Tyson owns his own uh, weed company, mm-hmm. and he has t- he has THC gummies shaped like ears. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and and do you know who his partner is in the in the uh, company? Who's that? Rick Flair. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, sure. I didn't know that. But uh, but Evander Holyfield himself has signed off on the gummies. That's and awesome. They're, and they're they're friends now. I mean, why wouldn't you? I suppose. But I mean, think. Oh my God, he bit off his ear. I mean, that, that's that's bad blood for life. And Evander Holyfield says, "No, this guy belongs in the Boxing Hall of Fame." All this stuff, and he's not. Hmm. He was he was basically retired from boxing as a disgrace because he went to prison, which there's more proof that he didn't do it than there is proof that he did do it. And then, you know, he bit a guy's ear because he was pissed off about the way the fight was going. He he was outclassed that night and he couldn't take it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, hmm. Vander Holyfield was a great counterpuncher. Mike Tyson is a, a forward knock you out guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And uh, he wasn't going to win the fight on points. So he says, all right, I got to get out of here. And I mean, he bit him one other time was- earlier. And he was like, well, okay, I'm just going to keep doing it. And second time it was a piece of ear came out. <laughs> Has that happened in the history of boxing ever before? I, I couldn't find anything, but I'm sure stuff like that I'm did sure happen. I'm sure it has, but just like. You know, I've, I've heard of guys sticking stuff in their gloves. I've, you know, guys <laughs> putting stuff on the outside of their gloves. Um, that, that might. Who was the one that had the plaster? The, the plaster. Had plaster in his gloves. Oh, where instead of tape, it was plaster? To make, yeah. to make it heavier? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but Sonny Liston had something on the outside of his gloves when he fought Muhammad Ali the first time. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, so Ali had a couple of rounds where Liston was getting the better of him because all he couldn't see, but once his, the tears got whatever was in his eyes out, then he went to town on him. And then their next fight led to that phantom, phantom punch. punch. I started to watch that movie, by the way. They made a movie about the phantom punch. It's literally called the phantom punch. It's, I mean. Ving, Ving Rhames is Sonny Liston. Huh. It came out in 2008. I saw it through Amazon Prime, but it was like a freebie, 2B kind of thing. So you still had to watch commercials. commercials. Um, it was that turns me off so much. <laughs> but d- don't even right. bo- don't even bother watching it. Though. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was so poorly directed, and like the time jumps. It starts with him in jail, and then he learns how to box, and then he gets out of jail to start boxing, and then then he's married, and then this, and then it's like there's so much they tried to squeeze in. That it's just time jump after time jump after time jump, so you can't even really pay attention to it. But the focus of it was the Sonny Liston Muhammad Ali Phantom Punch. So Sonny Liston had his had his uh, ties to the mob. Mm-hmm. So all, back then, a lot of that stuff was was rigged. And you know, if if you if you don't have the other guys backing, you're the one that has to take the dive. If both guys in aren't in on it, then you have to take the dive. I got something for you. It wasn't him, Charlie. It was you. Remember that night in the garden? You came down my dressing room and said, "Kid, this ain't your night. We're going for the price on Wilson." You remember that? This ain't your night. My night. I could have taken Wilson apart. So what happens? He gets the title shot outdoors in a ballpark, and what do I get? A one-way ticket to Palookaville. You was my brother, Charlie. You should have looked out for me a little bit. You should have taken care of me just a little bit so I wouldn't have to take them dives for the short-end money. Well, I had some bets down for you. You saw some money. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Instead of a bum, which is what I am. Let's face it. And that would be the, I don't know if you'd even call it underrated. It's probably one of Marlon Brando's best movies on the waterfront from um, 1951, something like that. Holy I could crap. have been a contender. That is the most <laughs> iconic phrase in boxing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Boom. <laughs> yep. So I thought of that because of taking dives and mm-hmm. the mafia is in charge of everything. And then he becomes a, a what what was it? He was... um working on the docks Mm -hmm. well it's it's crazy like um you get these guys that they come out of nowhere and they're winning fight after fight after fights all the money is going on on a guy that's heavily favored so all the money's gonna go that way and then that guy loses like in one punch out of the blue 
you have to wonder. And in boxing, that stuff can happen. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get oh, yeah. a whole team of guys to throw a football game or shave points off in a basketball game or something like that. One guy can just be told, hey, listen, in the third, your ass goes down, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 1965, that happened with the Phantom Punch. Yep. But I don't know if you've seen this one. It's a two-episode docu-series about Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. directed by Antoine Fuqua. Fuqua. He's the one that directed uh, Training Day. Oh. But he did this okay. bi- He did this two-part biopic about <clears throat> Muhammad Ali, and it covered basically like the like day one all the way to his death. Like it was really fucking good. Oh, it was, so it's fairly recent too. Yeah. It came out uh, in the last three years maybe, mm-hmm. and it's on HBO Max called What's My Name? Mm. Ma- Muhammad you know, Ali. I did hear about that. I forgot. I didn't realize it was about Ali. So I do have a couple of clips that are played throughout that because Muhammad Ali's poetry was really important to him. I mean, that was part of the whole Louisville lip. Like, he wouldn't shut up. His whole shtick. And he... (laughs) Dude, he was portrayed really well. I I don't know if either one of you seen or liked the movie Big George Foreman, but the guy that played Muhammad Ali was perfect. He was electric. Yeah. I mean, and he never stopped talking. And that's where I got on this kick about Muhammad Ali was because of that movie. Mm-hmm. I saw Big George Foreman, like, yeah, George Foreman's fine, whatever. But Muhammad Ali, man, he just, he elevated the sport. He's, he's like Michael Jordan for boxing. Like, he is. Yeah, he was the most bigger. recognizable person in the world at one point. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've got some poetry of his because in 1967, he, he made a record album. <laughs> It was called well, he wasn't boxing. Yeah, it was called Cassius Clay and Muhammad Ali. And it was basically just in a way slam poetry. And it was the whole album. It was like round one, round two, round three. Those are the different titles of the track. Every one of these slam poems was talking about how he is the greatest and he's going to knock out so and so and so and so. But he's got some really great ones that were used in the What's My Name? I don't play that now. Last night, I had a dream. When I got to Africa, I had one hell of a rumble. I had to beat Tarzan's behind first for claiming to be the king in the jungle. For this fight, I've wrestled with alligators. I've tussled with the whale. I've handcuffed lightning and put thunder in jail. You know I'm bad. I've murdered a rock. I injured a stone and I hospitalized a brick. I'm so bad, I make medicine sick. I'm so fast, man, I can run through a hurricane and don't get wet. When George Silver meets me, he'll pay his debt. I can drown the drink of water and kill a dead tree. Wait till you see Muhammad Ali. <laughs> it's just uh, obviously the inspiration for Apollo Creed. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. So the George Foreman biopic, I liked. The Ali biopic with Will Smith, I really didn't care for. I liked it. You did? Oh, yeah. See, like Will Smith was fine, but... Like with the big George Foreman, that I think that actor was so good. I wanted to see another one. I want to see a Ali biopic with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he was really, really good. And I, I don't know who it is. I mean, I, I did. I wrote it down. I think. Well, part of me wonders if maybe Will Smith was too big a name. Sullivan Jones. He's he's done a couple of things. Nothing, nothing big. But but it was an Oscar thing. They they were trying to get him an Oscar. Obviously, it didn't come till much later, and then he had to sully that night all by himself. <laughs> uh, but but uh, 
some sometimes some people are just born to play a role, and that that dude was perfect. They they could have just continued and used the same two actors because Chris Davis that played George Foreman during the movie, he looked good too, and he was really really angry, and then he was really really happy. Sounded like him, just like George Foreman. So who do you think's the better fighter, George Foreman or Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali. Ali. Okay. Do you have like a top five greatest fighters of all time? Well, greatest fighters. And also, do you go off of how many fights they've won? Do you See, go off of what their, their I, I knockout have, record is? What 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 says what the best fighter is? So, you know, some people just say, you know, I don't have a favorite team. I just like watching football. So okay. then you're not disappointed when you're, you know, when your your Denver Broncos go out and get fucking thumped <laughs> by Dolphins or something. Yeah, that was bad. But that but you bad. know what I'm saying? Like, can you who's a who's a Broncos fan today? You know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but you know, I liked fighting. You know, I liked watching the fights. I wanted to watch. You know, I mean, I got I got a lot of fights on a, that I, I listed here. I didn't care who won. I just want to see a good fight. And some of these fights weren't real long, you know. But George Foreman I liked because I came to George Foreman on his comeback. I knew him as, like, the commentator guy, Mr. Happy. And then going back and watching, like, the thrill in Manila when he was, like, a prick going into it. You know, like, this guy's an asshole. And he was, like, a killer, you know, and he knocked out Joe Frazier. And and then to see him much older in his career, I mean, he had a long layoff, obviously. For, he was like he a, did it for Jesus. Yeah, he was super entertaining, and I just wanted to watch good fighting. And not that his matches later in his career were like the best or anything. It's like pro wrestling. If the pre-fight stuff is entertaining, you're going to want to watch the fight. It builds up the hype. But then you yeah. get a lot of these like um, Floyd Mayweather. He's a really entertaining guy. But I'm just going to be honest, and maybe this is controversial. I think his fights are boring as fuck. Really? Because all he does is fucking counterpunch all the whole fight, and and he goes the whole distance, you know, twelve rounds. He wins by a decision because he outpunched the other guy, three hundred to six, you know. And he's doesn't. There's no power behind it. I grew up watching Mike Tyson knocking people out in twenty seven seconds. Makes sense. You know, have you ever heard of uh, Mickey Ward, or oh, yeah. Gotti? Watch some of those their were, fights. Those were wars. I mean, that's what I'm talking. I mean, they they stood in the middle of the ring and just kept swinging until the bell rang. Jesus. And then and then when the bell rang and they realized it was over, then they fell into each other's arms and just kind of said, "Whoever wins this deserves it." But we're gonna fight again, you know. And they fought three times, you know. Damn. Is that what helps sell the sport? Is by having those rivalries? Because there's so many fight one, fight two, fight three. So, it's- but. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jake LaMotta fought someone six times. Now with that, is it because you can't find anybody else to fight you? Or is it, it just because- It's just where the ranking- Yeah, Jake LaMotta fought Sugar Ray Robinson six times. Wow. And in the sixth fight, they had to stop the damn thing because LaMotta took such an ass kicking. You know, I mean, he just was standing there getting his- I mean, just leaning up against the, the corner and Robinson was just punching and punching and punching until the referee stopped the fight. Damn. But LaMotta could take it. But some guys, you know, yeah. Oscar De La Hoya- was, uh, you know, the golden boy, you know, but his fights were fun to watch because it was a science to it, but he wasn't, he wasn't knocking people out. I mean, he was knocking people out, but not like, not like one punch knockouts, not but. one punch knockouts. I mean, he was just, you know, he was overwhelming them throughout the round. Like you've been the first three or four rounds getting to know who this fighter is getting, you know, getting rhythm in and then doing something. And no one wants to watch a 12 or 15 round 
hug fest. No. But there's a lot of that what? because no one wants to get knocked out, you know? Boxing today yeah, is your reputation. Yes, yes. But I mean, did you watch uh, Pacquiao and uh, Mayweather? Yeah. I, I, nothing to say, you know? That's that bad, huh? I, I just, it's, it, boxing's different now. If, uh, if I'm watching a boxing match nowadays, you know, it's like, well, why doesn't he just back him in the corner, <laughs> double leg him, <laughs> climb on top, start raining down. But at the same time, you know, that's what it is. Like Rocky it's, against uh, Drago. Yeah. Oh, you know, crazy. Jesus. Turned into a wrestling match. <laughs> but I mean, they don't have mismatches like that in boxing in real life. You, you know, you're not going to put some yeah. guy who's six foot seven, obviously 260 pounds. Right. Over some guy who's clearly a middleweight at best well realistically when you're looking at the weight glasses it's like a seven pound difference right like if you don't make weight you can't fight well they did do this was was an exhibition but they did do uh logan paul versus floyd mayweather and there was like a 30 pound discrepancy there wow yeah well one guy had a way more experience than it was uh jake paul oh yeah jake or is it jake paul and logan paul yeah logan paul's a professional wrestler okay what? Okay, I, I want to ask this question, and maybe, Sean, you know better than I do. Why are YouTubers thinking that they can be boxers now? He's trained. Yeah, no, Jake, Jake Paul, he he like he moved on to Puerto Rico. He's trained with like legit yeah. killers. Hmm. I mean, it's a publicity stunt, but at the same time, it wasn't like he was going to get his ass thumped. No. You know, they had legitimate referees in there and stuff. Okay. But Floyd Mayweather's not a knockout guy either. Sure. You know, he's not going to be in there, you know, punching his teeth out and breaking his jaw. Talking about publicity, he's actually the highest paid boxer in history. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Yeah, By the time. Yeah. Wrestled at WrestleMania 24, I want to say, against the the big big show. show. Wow. I I just recently watched it. It's, I mean, it's a fun match. Not a lot of stuff happens. They they protected Floyd Mayweather, so he looked good. And he won. (laughs) I want to say Big Show actually told him, like, actually hit him. Yeah, he broke his nose in the the pre-fight uh, lead-up stuff. Jeez. And then yeah. uh, he said, it, the only way this is going to look legit is if you swing for defenses and hit me. But Big Show himself took boxing lessons, so he didn't look like an asshole out there either. Yeah. Hmm. Got to learn how to fall before you can get hit or whatever. Like the That's, I- that's what you want to call it. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, going to that, Paul White, the, the real-life Big Show, he he's the most giving guy in all the wrestling. The guy's you know oh, yeah. seven feet tall, five hundred pounds. Not maybe not five hundred legit, but now he's in way better shape now that he's older and he he really cared about his body. He lost to Aki Bono, the sumo wrestler at WrestleMania. He had an yep. Owen Forever record at WrestleMania. He was putting guys over, making everybody else look like heroes. That's why they gave him the celebrity fights because he would make them look good because he didn't care. Hmm. He didn't care yep. if he lost. I'm still a giant. And it's Didn't still, me. yep, it's still legitimate if I win. Yep. They still Didn't pay me. Pay me. Like yep, that. that's right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, talking well, about. This is taking a turn. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? No, but, but I mean, back to like legendary fighters. I mean, everybody's heard the names Rocky Marciano, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali, Ken Norton, you know, Jack Dempsey. Marvin Hagler. I mean, everybody's heard those names before. Marvelous Marvin. But I mean, hmm. yeah. But I mean, if you go back and watch some of the greatest fights, some of them are just, they're, they're, they're annihilations. But sometimes they're not. Like Arturo Gotti and, and uh, Mickey Ward. I mean, they're those just, guys. They're just that evenly matched. Those guys, I mean, they fought three times, once in 02, majority decision, 
fight of the year. They they won fight of the year uh, two of the three fights. Mickey Ward defeated Gotti the first fight. Second fight was a rematch, another wild fight. And uh, third fight was a rubber match. This was uh, the one where Gotti got saved in the sixth round by the bell. You know, they have yeah. different rules, and that's when they fought each other all the way to the bell and then fell into each other's arms, and then uh, Ward won that one. That was her last fight. I mean, two fights of the year out of out of the same pair of fighters. And wasn't Didn't Gotti get killed by his old lady? Later, yes, obviously after that. Okay, yes. when you say oh, killed, yeah. do you mean like literally killed or like? Yeah, she, yeah, he, she murdered him. She ain't, he ain't with us no more. Well, apparently there's some domestic violence going on at home. Huh. Hard to believe for yeah. a boxer, right? Huh. Wow. So I grew up watching boxing all the time. I had a neighbor that loved it. I was one of those kids that, you know, I knew some of the school teachers outside of school. So like we talked about like regular things. So I had one that I watched boxing with and stuff. <laughs> It's not, so, it's not weird at all. No. Um, so I used to like Tuesday night fights was like a thing on, uh, on USA. USA. Yep. And uh, when HBO would have a fight, I was it was it was appointment television for me. So it was a fight in 1995 that I wanted to see really really bad. And there's it it these two middleweights, Nigel Ben from England and Gerald McClellan from the United States. This fight for me was such a big deal because these guys. Nigel Ben was a counter puncher, but he wasn't a knockout guy. Gerald McClellan was a knockout guy. I said, this is going to be a brutal fight. And I bet Ben goes down quick. And he did. He went down hard early in the fight. And they kept fighting. And Nigel kept getting up. He kept showing his tenacity. And I didn't realize that Gerald McClellan had gone up in weight class for this, for this match. So his power kind of lost something. But late in the fight, Nigel Ben was leaning forward to punch. And he tripped and headbutted McClellan. Both okay. guys, both guys were woozy. So what happened when that happens? Is it just like a negative point in the record? It was t- totally an accident. Okay. And, so, and I mean, so you don't get punished for it. it. No, okay. it was clearly an accident. He okay. clearly didn't mean to do it. I mean, you go back and and especially the stuff that happened after the fight. He clearly did not mean to do it. They were just they because they were punching each other in the face for so long that it, it just wore them both out. Well, McClellan went down to a knee and took an eight count and told his side that he couldn't see. He didn't want to fight anymore. Hmm. And his side kept saying, oh, you have to go out there and keep fighting. You were supposed to knock this guy out. So he goes back out there and Ben all of a sudden looked like he had power because every shot was connecting and every shot was rocking him. He went back down and took a full 10 count. Um, McClellan took the full 10 count and then he collapsed after the fight. Then he got to get hauled out of there. He since went blind. I mean, he was in, they, get, they put him in a coma. Nigel Ben's career really didn't go anywhere after this. He lost like the next two fights and retired. Um, both these guys, I mean, they, lay, they left it all in the ring that night in England. I watched this fight a bunch of times. I remember I had, a, I had an English class, and we could journal about anything we wanted to. Mm-hmm. I journaled about this fight like 20 pages because it was so cool. And uh, the teacher, you know, was not one of the people I watched boxing with. <laughs> She's this like, is inappropriate well, <laughs> well I would journal about wrestling and stuff in there too so she's like is this a wrestling match I mean the guy's unconscious now he's blind what happened you know <laughs> and you know I just remember it making him such a big deal about it so when you brought up that we were going to do one on boxing the first notes this is my first page of notes <laughs> is this whole fight it's like doing a book report oh I wanted to talk about it because when I tell people about Fights that stick with me, this is the one that stuck with me. I listened to like two different podcasts about it. 
uh, done by British people. And, you know, no offense to British people, but I, you know, I got to get the, the accent out of my head. And the, Tuesday, you know? the, the different way they talk and the different words they use. And they're like, what did he mean by that? Right. The, the, I mean, when they say it was a bloody affair, I mean, in this case, it was a bloody affair. They, there was a lot of blood, but you know, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of segways. Segways. Um, yeah, like, did you right. guys see Marvin Hagler and Tommy Hearns? Yes. The, 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 the eight minutes man? of fury. I mean, live by the sword, die by the sword, that whole thing. I don't even know yep. what you're talking about. They, the fight only went two and a half rounds. And it ended yeah, with they, Hagler knocking them the fuck out. But, I mean, it was just battle. They just battled. Or uh, Jack Dempsey versus Louis Furpo. 11 knockdowns in four minutes. Okay, there's got to be a, like a, a rule that says if you fall down too many times, it's over. They, they do have that rule, and this Wait, rule is not in effect three, in this three match. knockdown rule. Yep, that, this, that rule is not in effect yet in this match. Because that was, what, 1940s? Yeah, and uh, Dempsey actually got knocked out of the ring. Huh. And came in to knock him out. Huh. I wonder why they changed that rule. Well, because of that fell kind of, out of the ring. <laughs> because of that kind of stuff. You know. One of the, the first Rupert, fights I ever watched was a really grainy video of uh, Joe Lewis and Max Schmeling. Oh, oh yeah. The great White Hype or Hope. Great White yeah. Hope. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what Joe Lewis Nazi was. Nazi propagandist. Right. Mm-hmm. I want, pretty he sure was fighting for America there. Pretty sure that's yeah. why Joe Lewis became the celebrity that he was. And a lot of yeah. people would think of him as like the great hero, the the sports hero versus Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali didn't want to go to, to military service. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe Lewis fought in World War II mm-hmm. and he was fighting against Max Schmeling. He was fighting against Max Baer because he represented Benicio Mussolini. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're fighting yeah. against fascism. So Joe Lewis, you're the American hero. Like, and I, it, You know what? And, and all that money that he gave to charity ended up costing him all of his money because – the Americans still charge him taxes on the so money that he up. gave away, and he died yep. completely broke. Mm-hmm. They talked about that in uh, Marciano. Mm-hmm. That's why Marciano was such a, such a stickler with his money. He wanted to get paid before the fight. He didn't want to wait until after to find count the tickets. He goes, "No, you count how many people are there and give me my money." <laughs> Do you blame? That, and you know, and he died young, but you know, he didn't care. You know, he didn't trust anybody. They made a, a movie about him too. I, I did see it. Marciano. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah, and uh, that was I, that was probably the first boxing movie I ever saw because I didn't see the Rocky series until I was in like junior high. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I've seen Marciano before I saw anything else. And I thought John Favreau was awesome. And to see him now as the Disney director that he is, yeah, just this big guy. Like they're not the same person. <laughs> no, but I mean he 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 ate right and he you know he trained to, to look like a boxer for the movie and then you know they had to legitimately pull his hair out so he looked like an old bald guy <laughs> i did not know that's very the, interesting the rock the original rock yeah well i mean even in the in rocky uh mick gives mm-hmm. rocky rocky marciano's gloves the, the cufflinks the cufflink okay because i, I it just, was it was golden cufflink to look like shaped like boxing gloves yeah but they were used as a necklace yep Okay, but he was given those as a necklace, or was he given them as cufflinks? It was, he was just given them as cufflinks. Okay, because I think I, he just chose to wear them as a necklace. Yeah. Okay. So he could wear them. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Because then in Creed, he passed them down to Adonis, mm-hmm. and I remember that specifically because I saw him wearing those glove necklace cufflinks, whatever, in Creed Three that I just watched again the other day. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, that's a nice callback. And it was subtle. But but boxing does make for entertaining movies. You got oh, damn right. Because it's it's a battle of two men in the ring fighting. You know, they can put music underneath it. They can uh, they can make it dramatic. And then at any time, this could end. Mm-hmm. One yep. punch and two guys just fall over. Or, you know, then Rocky too that happened, I guess. And they both fall over. They both fall over and then they slow the count. You know? Who's got the guts to get back up? It's beautiful. Get up, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Fight that. this guy hard. <laughs> God, it's so good. It motivates me so much. Like, I've never been a boxing fan. I've never really watched a full boxing match. But I've seen, like, every boxing movie ever made because it's the pugilism. It's the who's got the strength, who's got the in, in fortitude to continue. It, in uh, in college, I took a speech class. I don't know why, but I had to. And uh, I seen as one of the classes. I, I I dug and found some notes. Two longest fights I could find. One was oh, Andy Bowen and Jack Burke went 110 rounds. Jesus, seven hours and 19 minutes of actual fighting ended in a draw. Both guys had broken hands. This was in the bare knuckle days. Now the the rules for ending a round weren't the same as they are ending a round now, where it's you know. Three minutes is up, round's over. If somebody got knocked down, round was over. If somebody got knocked out, round was over. You know, nobody could get saved by the bell because the round wasn't over until someone got knocked down or knocked out or committed some sort of penalty. So some of the rounds were, you know, 15 minutes long, you know, until something happened. Jeez, I would die. Well, and that's (laughs) that's what was happening. (laughs) And then there was this other one, James Colbert, who you talked about Gentleman James. And uh, John Sullivan, in 1892, was a world title fight. Went all the way to the 21st round. You know, that was obviously before gloves. And the thing was is you're punching someone in the face with your knuckles, with your bare knuckles. You're going to mess up their face, but you're going to break your hands. Bone on bone is not good for anybody. No. I mean, remember. That's what I say, like. Uh, the gloves were invented to keep the hands from getting fucked up all the time. Well, yeah, because if everybody's fighting broken hands all the time, there's not a lot of fights going on. Yeah. I'm so disappointed in myself that I didn't like write down all of my notes because I I text myself stuff all the time, like find a, a article that I really liked. And there was one that was talking about the boxer with the most winning record ever. And it was a guy from like the 1920s back in the day. It was... Like 356 wins. Oh, when you, or yeah, when you're fighting all the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I wish I could find that information, but holy crap. The fact that you are fighting that many times, like you don't, you can't recover. When I was in high school, I followed a boxer named uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. who was well over a hundred fights. Who fought uh, oh, yeah. Golden Boy a yep. bunch of times. Yeah. But I mean, he was his at the end of his career. Too, yeah. And his son too. His, he fought his own son? No, no, no. Um, no, his son fights. Oh, his son fights. I think, I think he just fought Anderson Silva like a year and a half ago. Well, I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Cool. Anderson Silva too, man. Well, it, they box or the MMA? It was boxing. It was on a, I want to say it was on the undercard of one of the Jake Paul fights. Oh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Got to get the name recognition to get people to pay for the pay-per-view. Yeah, and he gave yeah. everybody something. But I mean, I remember... You know, wanting to see like a Mike Tyson fight as as a kid, and you have to sit through all those shitty undercard fights oh, yeah. that they're trying to build up this guy or that guy. 
you know, like, oh, this guy, Bruce Seldon, he might turn into something until he fights Mike Tyson and he knocks him <laughs> out. Or they had like women's matches or, you know, a lot of hug fest stuff, you know. But I mean, you had to sit through all that to get to the 37 second Mike Tyson versus, yeah. you know, Michael Spinks or something. Hmm. Well, do you blame him for hugging out? Yeah. I mean, your, your body's pretty beat up and tired. Oh, my God. I just want to go sleepy sleep. But then, you know, <laughs> I, they call it the sweet science and- it's fun to watch. It's just fun to watch a couple guys just stand there and punch each other in the face. Well, it's not just that. I mean, fighting in general has been a huge thing forever. Cockfighting. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know, I, 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 trained, I trained for months and months and months for cockfighting. Then I showed up without a rooster and they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm ready. I got a razor blade wrapped around it. <laughs> Jesus. Whip out your cocks. <laughs> oh my God. Sounds out, comes out, they, they meant chickens. <laughs> and then you go head to head and you're not happy with the outcome. <laughs> no, it was, it was a terribly bloody affair. <laughs> God dig it. Now you're out, he's an innie. <laughs> Ouch. All right. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think is more entertaining when it comes to a boxing movie? Watching the lead up to the fight, the training montage, or the actual fight itself? Well, it really depends. Did you ever see Digstown? Never. Even oh, heard I love it. that movie. Yeah. So I seen it when Who I was a junior, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, 1992, this guy named Gabriel, James Woods, is released from prison. His con man friend makes a foolish bet with uh, Digstown's owner that he would win a boxing match against 10 guys. So he'd fight each guy one round at a time, mm -hmm. and he could win 10 in a row. So Lou Gossett was his boxer, and he had to fight 10 local guys. And there was every, every other fighter had a different set of rules. Some guys could wear their headgear. Um they they screwed some of the guys. One guy they gave him like uh, diarrhea pills or something, so he got sick before the match. You know, it's, it's there's a lot of comedy in it. Tex Cobb was in the movie, but he used to live in that area, and he was a guy from that was fixing fights beginning. Of, you know, whatever. Um, Jim Caviezel was one of the boxers. Hmm. Little known fact. Did not know. Never uh, heard of the movie either. So I guess doesn't. Um, James Woods and and uh, Bruce Dern, Lou Gossett Jr. It was it was fun. But the boxing was what the movie wasn't really about. It was more the comedy, the background stuff. Gotcha. So there yeah. was no real training. I and mean, Lou Gossett was like over the hill and had a gut. But he was knocking people out. So now that movie, that's not like a real story. It mm -hmm. didn't really happen. Not a true story. No. Did that take its inspiration from George Foreman when he fought five guys? No. Uh, no? No. George Foreman was knocking people out so no one wanted to fight him. I mean, he was legitimately. His nickname was Big, you know. And he's I mean, he wasn't just he wasn't just like flash KO and he was putting dudes to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, every I mean, he put Joel Frazier, who'd never been beat, out cold, knocked unconscious, carried out, and uh, he never lifted weights. He just was a big dude. He was just blessed with this this crazy strength. I remember the first like opening scene of the Big George Foreman where mm -hmm. the kids getting off the back of the pickup truck and he's just carrying all the mattresses on his back. Like, right. Just giant. Well, um, I forget. It was a documentary about Thrilla Manila. 
Yeah, it's called We Were the Kings. We Were the Kings. Okay, yep. It's actually the highest rated boxing movie of all time. When when they're showing him IMDb, they're showing him basically punching a hole in the punching bag, and Mm -hmm. you know the the heavy bag. Mm -hmm. And Ali walks by, and his eyes are just coming out of his head, like, (laughs) "Am I going to fight this guy?" That it says that much more about about it that Ali stood there and took that for Mm -hmm. all those rounds. And it probably is what ultimately led up to the end of his career too. He, can, yeah, he nobody can take that kind of punishment, and that's why he couldn't understand why is this guy not falling down? I don't understand it. I'm giving him everything I got. Rope a dope. He just keep keep talking too. Is that all you got? Is that all you got? Thought you were a tough guy. You were knocking people out. That's all you got. Remember the video of him dancing in the corner, like evading all the punches. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wore him out, but. Well, George Foreman wasn't exactly light of feet. No, he never moved around a lot. And even even later when he, you know, came back and stuff, he was still the same stand and punch forward. Yeah, just flat footed and mm-hmm. throw heavy leather. Some guys just that's how they box. And then there's you know there's different ways of doing it. Some guys can dance, and the smaller guys are more fun to watch because they're they're Manny, moving around Manny a lot Pacquiao. more. Yeah, yeah, they're fun to watch. You know, I that's why I like the middleweights. Um, who was it? Uh, well, I mean, De La Hoya was fun to watch because he moved around a lot. Did you see that movie? It was actually a documentary, but... About De La Hoya? Yeah, it's called Golden Boy. Mm-mm. It's on HBO, of course, because everything he does is is watched. I mean, he was the prettiest boxer in the world. He was a model. Yeah, he he looked like he belonged in a boy band. And so from the 90s all the way to early 2000s, he was just the giant celebrity, and he put his name to everything and became super famous, got away from all the controversy, like... Hey, they never cro- got in trouble. The cross-dressing incident. Where, yeah, there's, there's a lot of incidences of, uh, of uh, suggested rape. Yeah. Where people came forward and said, well, this child's actually yours. And he's got like four kids with like three different women, something like that. But this guy liked the party. What's he, wrong with that? He did, but he had to do it in the shadows because he was the golden boy. Yep. So he, he had a temper though. Somebody cut him open right over his eye once and knocked him out. That was, that was like late late in his career right well the golden boy was the documentary it came on 2023 and it's oscar de la Hoya now and it's talking about everything that happened in his past and i don't know if you remember how he kind of broke into the fame of it all mm-hmm. where it was my mom wanted me to win this gold medal in 1992 she passed mm-hmm. away and didn't get to see it so when he raises his hands is like did this for you mom then it became this dream scenario for you know this uh, Hispanic kid in East LA. Oh, he's he's doing it for his mom. He's he's the mama's boy. He's the golden boy. He's all of this stuff. And as it turned out, watching this documentary, he hated his mom. Uh-oh. The whole yeah. thing was a lie, but it made him famous. So being the golden boy, and then you find out he used to visualize his mom's face on a, on the opponents that he was fighting against. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up, man. But he. Has this? Uh, it's I don't know, little over two and a half hours. Okay, and it's it's him. It's somebody interviewing him, interviewing his partner Bernard Hopkins with the uh, oh, yeah. Golden Boy Promotions, and and that's another rare thing too because boxers don't always become promoters. No, I mean the promoters in, in the world are at least not successful ones, right? Yeah, um, the famous boxing promoters are Tex Rickard, Ricard, Tex, Ricard, yep. Um, Don King made $150 million. <laughs> How much of that was legit? <laughs> yeah. I'll say like 
37 cents. Yeah, 37 cents. That's all he ever paid taxes on, that 37 cents. Good God. Um, Floyd Mayweather and 50 Cent, they were a, a tandem. Mm -hmm. And they made a $100 million, according to this website. Was it, isn't it called like dollars and cents or something weird like that? Mm -hmm. uh, and they hate each other now. Oh, yes, they, uh, now yes, they're mad they at do. each other again? They hate each other. Oh, that's too bad. My, uh, my curiosity about this whole boxing promoter thing was what the reasoning for it was. Because in Creed 3, when Adonis left boxing, he became a boxing promoter. Yep. You know, he traded in for the suit, as they say. So I wanted to see how prevalent that was in boxing. So that's when I found this uh, boxing promoter thing with Floyd Mayweather. So maybe the Adonis thing was because of Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But on top of that, it was Bob Arum, like the biggest name in boxing. He was the guy that was promoting uh, De La Hoya to begin with. Okay. But then when De La Hoya in 2007 created Golden Boy Promotions, he's he's getting up there too as far as being the the ever present mm -hmm. MMA fighter. You know he he's promoting everything. Mm -hmm. Combat he sports. He did have a he did have a uh, MMA promotion. I don't know if it's still active. Because he was uh, teaming up with Floyd Mayweather. Um, so yeah. in 2000, 2005 is actually when he made Golden Boy promotions. And that was like the first thing he promoted was him versus Floyd Mayweather Jr. And they did the whole behind the scenes, like this is what goes on in training. You just fall in love with the celebrity of it all. And I thought it was interesting that just before 2000, 2005 was 2004's next great champ reality show for Fox. That De La Hoya was the hmm. I didn't know about that one. Person. I knew about the other one, the contender. Right. So I think it was before the contender. It okay. was the next great champ, and it was a Fox reality show yeah. hosted by Super Oscar. <laughs> Super Oscar. Well, De La Hoya. Okay. So the Koki, the Koki monster. Yeah. They also <laughs> made a book. Uh, he's the main character of a children's book called Super Oscar. And he's a Jesus. mega celebrity in, in L.A. But it's a children's book about Oscar De La Hoya being a superhero. Hmm. So that's why I thought that that was his nickname for the next great champ thing. But maybe not. And in 2008, he got a statue. Oh. And the fact that he is in the same like vicinity as Magic Johnson and Wayne Gretzky outside the L.A. Staples Center. Wow. Okay. That doesn't happen very often. No. No. I mean, the only other boxing statue I can think of is a fictional one. Joe Lewis? Joe Lewis had one. Oh, it was, all, it was outside uh, Joe Lewis Arena? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's actually, I, I did look it up, and there were so many more statues than I could even. For real? There was that many, but the majority, the vast majority of it was like Hispanic boxers where their statue is in there, you know, in Manila or oh, gotcha. Venezuela. So these places that we don't really think about. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I didn't think about it. <laughs> right. But there's there's actually a lot more boxing statues than I would have ever imagined. <laughs> but in the United States, Oscar De La Hoya is one of the very few within North American borders. So. Interesting. Interesting. Did you guys watch The Contender? With Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard and <laughs> Rocky. Rocky Balboa. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was considered a boxing aficionado for the, for the reality show. Well, he is. In, inducted into the yes, boxing hall of fame. I get it. You got to give him something. You see, he is. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, well he's, I mean, he's an advocate of a boxing. Very big advocate. Yeah. But uh, there was a dude from Minnesota there, Anthony Bonsante, the Bullet, and uh, there was uh, Sergio Mora, the Latin Snake, ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah. Hmm. He was 
Uh, I actually seen a couple of his fights. It was a bunch of, uh, I want to say they were middleweights. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Middleweight fighters from the USA, all Americans. That was, you know, it was an American thing. And, uh, one of the fighters actually killed himself because he lost in his only fight that appeared on the show. Jeez. And he, he just didn't like how it made him look and he thought it was going to hurt his career. So he God took himself out and that, cause I remember, you know, hearing about it, but not really thinking about it. And then the show comes out, obviously recorded earlier mm-hmm. and, uh, right before his episode where he loses, they have this whole big suicide awareness thing. And it's, it seems like with a lot of boxers, it's like they're, they're hungry cause this is all they've got. Mm-hmm. So if they, if they become a loser and they got nothing else. Well, and- Roberto Duran, you know, he, uh, he made some, some bad deals in his life and there was one fight people wouldn't fight him anymore because they thought he was a dirty fighter. They thought he was tied to like the mafia and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. He got his ass kicked. So they called it the no moss fight. Um, yeah. He literally said, I'm done. I don't yeah, want to do Sugar this Ray Leonard. Yeah. And, uh, he, he quit during the fight. He's like, I, I can't do anymore. I can't beat this guy. I can't fight anymore. No mas, no mas. But of course, if you look up the research afterwards, he swears up and down. He never said no mas mm-hmm. because that, that ended up becoming like a nickname for. That's Robert what the fight no was mas. known for. Yeah. yeah. It was a good movie, by the way. Yeah. I mean, Hands of Stone, Anna de Armas. Oh my God. She's gorgeous. She is. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm a big so, fan. Oh. I, I took notes on a lot of movies that boxing happens during the movie but maybe not what the movie was about i mean obviously and and this was all in a previous episode we did talk to death the entire rocky and creed series that's why i wasn't going to talk about it except yep. for creed 3 because we didn't talk we about didn't creed talk because it was the build-up to creed 3 mm-hmm. um which i think if we are going to talk about it we can talk about it later since we already did um the fighter was about mickey ward and yeah, with you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg Mark, and uh, Christian Bale, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and Christian Bale played his his older brother Dickie Eklund, that did have a fight with Sugar Ray Leonard. Very good movie. They were going to make a sequel where he fights Gotti. Hmm. I don't know why they didn't. I mean, because I looked in the research, it looked like it was on the books to make another one, and they just never did. And the movie made a ton of money, so I don't. I mean, it made one hundred and thirty million dollars. Probably one of the he best. Probably tied up in other projects. I mean, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. I mean, he's always doing He's something. obviously a busy guy. He can't make it now because he's so freaking old, but in that one, he think he beat... Who did he beat in the movie? I don't remember. Though, honestly, I almost feel like Christian Bale's performance... Overshadowed the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the uh, it's the body transformation of what he did to be in this movie to, as the heroin addict well the, the guy's insane i mean you seen you ever, did you see the, the, uh, the machinist mach- machinist yeah where, where they yeah. told him to lose 15 pounds he misheard him and lost <laughs> and lost 50 <laughs> that was he got down to like 98 pounds or yeah something. i mean it was crazy how small he was but they they went with it um the gladiator from 1992 with uh cuba gooding and uh James Marshall playing opposing. Never heard of it. They, they was, it was a film tells a story of two teenagers trapped in a world of illegal underground boxing. Brian uh, Dennehy. Yep. Brian Dennehy's like the, the guy who runs it. John Cena was in it. Not Cena. John Cena. Benny the Jet. Er, oh, I can't think of his, how do you say his last name? Benny the Jet. We'll just call him that. <laughs> From the uh, Sandlot. No. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baseball player. A couple guys trying to get out of the ghetto is what it right. was. And uh, yeah. 
and they ended up becoming friends, even though they were supposed to be opponents. You know, it was you know it was a fun little movie. You know, boxing was all over that one. Never heard of it. Um, obviously, we talked about that one, Cinderella Man, which we've talked God, to death in the, uh, the the Russell Crowe one um, about James Braddock against Max Bear. fighting for your life, fighting for fighting your life. for your kids. Um, Big George Foreman, which I liked. A lot of people maybe didn't. More recent movie. I I, I liked it. I almost feel like it. I heard it was super preachy. Well, it is. It's because yeah. the guy became a preacher. <laughs> he was fighting for God at the end. You know, I think my thing about it was the fighting was too too small of the movie. Yep. And it was about George Foreman, which is fine. That's what a biopic is about. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to watch the fight. So, but it did cover a lot of his fights. Yep. So, did you see Southpaw? Oh, yes. That Sweet. movie. Yeah. Um, that was so sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and this guy was, you know, he made a lot of mistakes and it was a redemption story for his life and his career. Jake Gyllenhaal was fucking intense. No, he's got an MMA movie coming out too. Roadhouse? Yeah. yeah. Well. It's the remake of Roadhouse. Well, yeah. we're, we'll call it that. <laughs> okay. You can never remake a classic. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so he, he, he looks intense, dude. Everything about him just looks so legit and, he, and he's a really great actor. So I'm looking I mean, he even made out with a guy in a movie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you remember, Brokeback Mountain. Really? I've never seen it. Gotcha. But I know about it. Well, Southpaw was really good. Yeah. And it was also kind of a suicide awareness thing because he was gonna take his own life after mm-hmm. his wife and kid died. Mm-hmm. Oh, his kid didn't die. His kid didn't die. Oh no. He, okay. It was taken away. Gotcha. And he had to he had to, you know, prove that he was a good person so he could get his kid back. Mm-hmm. And build his career back up that he'd kind of pissed on the drain too. Um, the boxer with uh, Daniel day Lewis. It's about a guy getting out of prison. Oh yeah. During the IRA. Uh, we we talked, we talked about that a little we bit. That one. We talked about that a little bit on the, the Irish. Irish one, you know, the boxing, it was happenstance in the movie. Yeah. Cause he was a boxer and they, they show him boxing a couple times in the movie, but it was more about the IRA stuff. Yep. <laughs> Raging bull. We've talked about, uh, Rocky Marciano with John Favreau. Um, Do you have a favorite boxing movie, Sean? Uh, favorite boxing movie? I'm gonna say Rocky Three. I mean, I'm not gonna disagree, but I'm gonna push for Rocky Four. It's it's a lot less realistic, but personally, my favorite was Rocky Two. So uh, we're all we're all over the place. <laughs> And nobody, nobody in the history of the world thought Rocky Five was the best. No, God, no, no. In fact, that was, I, that was one of the biggest steaming piles of shit I've ever seen. I, I, <laughs> I, I go out of my way to not watch that movie. Rocky Balboa was good though. Yeah, that's why he made. I it. actually heard regarding Rocky Five. I heard the original ending was supposed to be Tommy got beaten Rocky to death. To death. Yep. And and they yeah. did they did film that and they did uh, show it in front of a uh, uh, test audience test audience, and it was thoroughly panned i mean nobody wanted to see it i mean it's like why would you why would you kill him <laughs> yeah and and then what if you were to continue the series would tommy gunn be the next rocky no they just that was it he wanted to be done being rocky that's huh. why it took so long for rocky balboa to come out but the you know he was pushed into making rocky balboa so it didn't end the rocky series on a sour note right but he's like you know but i didn't want to be him no more but you are him so let's do this and i'm sure the money became a thing. Right. Oh yeah. You know, I love I love what they did with the Creed series. 
You yeah. know, it still had Rocky in it, but it was about Adonis. So you just recently watched three again, right? Yep. Well, what do you think of their their way of kind of talking around the reason why Balboa wasn't in this movie? I don't really remember them even talking they, about him. At they all. asked about Rocky in like a press conference. And he's like, oh, Rocky's off doing his own thing. And that was where they left it. Well, that being said, I can understand it because they, they want to let him fade off into the sunset because at the end of two, he went to go make amends with his son mm -hmm. and meet his grandson for the first time. Mm -hmm. So I can see that they just wanted to let him do his thing, but it's the controversy before the movie even came out that Rocky wanted to be more involved and Ryan Coogler, he backed away from directing altogether, said it was Michael B. Jordan's movie mm -hmm. and him and Rocky, I think, had some tension. Mm -hmm. Well, him and Sylvester Stallone had some tension. Because he was overshadowing him still. Yeah. Yep. So because he wanted it to be a Creed movie, they just kind of like took him away from it. Like it's almost like a, what do you call it? The new CEO pushes the old CEO out. It's like a corporate yeah. takeover. Yeah, a corporate, uh, hostile takeover. Hostile takeover. Yeah, it seems like that's what it is. I, but. Then they should have made a different character for Michael B. Jordan because he was, it drove me to the theater because it was another Rocky movie. I didn't care what they were going to call it. It was another Rocky movie. That's yeah. why I went and seen it. Now, the fact that it was good was why I seen the second one and then the third one. But don't, you know, it, I, there's a lot of boxing movies you brought up that I haven't seen. And I love boxing. So maybe I wouldn't have seen it. You know, he used the my, name to get only, over. My only gripe with the uh, the third movie is they, they had a guy with no professional fights fighting for a fucking world title. Like, uh, no sanctioning body would ever sanction that. Really, though? No. Really? Uh, yeah, for well, I mean, well, but he was a former Golden Globes I'm, winner, so it's not I'm, like he was a nobody off the street. I'm going to I'm going to say something here. <laughs> the reason why they did that was so the movie can happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I get I get that. Part, but, I mean, I can I can suspend disbelief only so far. Yeah, movie magic. So, so you're saying that to actually compete for a title, mm -hmm. you have to have a certain record. Or what do you What do you have or to have? It wouldn't have been a title fight. It, they could have had an exhibition. Okay. So yeah. you had your your um What's his name? Ivan Drago versus uh, Apollo Creed as an exhibition. It wasn't a. It wasn't considered a fight. Okay, because this guy came out of nowhere. No one knew who he was. So even though Diamond Dame Anderson, played by Jonathan Majors, had a previous record before incarceration, mm -hmm. they wouldn't have looked at that and said, "Okay, he is a boxer." It was an amateur record. So yeah, no to, pro fights. Yeah, that's interesting. I I didn't know that. I figured any anybody could fight anybody. You don't turn pro for a title fight. You turn pro and then you go through all you the top contenders. Up. You know, you got to get able to fight the contenders too. So you got to have fights that prove you to be a professional fighter and then you'll start getting fights with contenders. You'll start making some money. Yeah, cuz there's a there's a big skill difference between golden gloves and like top pro. Yes. Right. right. And and there's a lot of money involved and no one's going to put money up to watch some guy come out of the amateur ranks. And then get knocked out by a, by a champion. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of the reason for that fight was because they had to come up with something. They only had like three months or whatever. It, it would have been a giant time jump if they all of a sudden got Jonathan Major's character to 12 and 0 to at least be fighting a contender to, to earn a shot. Because that's what it would take. Hmm. The thing about the Rocky movies is that they, they do a lot of the, the stuff that in the real world would never happen. 
But unless you pay attention to boxing yeah. like you guys do, you know, the average Joe watching the movie isn't going to know that. It's it's not like, entertaining enough to the regular fans if there's, there's no stakes in this fight. Yeah. So you got to create this come from nowhere underdog who wouldn't normally have got this shot. Now, the the original Rocky story happened with Chuck Webner versus Ali mm-hmm. because he needed a, an opponent. And this guy stood there and took the whole fight. He just wanted to survive the fight. It was almost the exact story. He, he had a, a short time to prepare for the fight. The other guy got hurt and pulled out of it or something. And that's what led to Stallone going, well, what a great character. I'll write that story. So are you saying that that wouldn't have happened? Like when Creed took on Rocky in the first one, that wouldn't have happened? No. No, because Rocky had a professional record. Well, Rocky had a professional had ex- record, but he wasn't, uh, wasn't a, a very well-known fighter. They, no, they had, had to come a, to him. He had like sixty fights or something like that. But but they had to come to him. He wasn't con, he wasn't a contender. He wasn't like the uh, oh, yeah, was... the governing board of WBC WBA whatever was the title for that would have said okay well he's got this record but who's he fought right fought Spider Rico <laughs> <laughs> that's good now wow. Spider Rico at the church the day before Thanksgiving <laughs> wow that's a I remember him. <laughs> What did he get he for that was fight? a bum. Thirty-seven <laughs> fifty. <laughs> but you know, and and that was that was kind of where some of these guys come from. Tex Cobb, you know, was another one. It was a just a average Joe Palooka, but every once in a while he would he would come up and he fought Ken Norton or something because he beat the right people at the right time. But he had a lot of fights where he fought nobodies too. Hmm. And some of these guys that'll have like fifty wins to no losses, like Floyd Mayweather. See how many of those guys you can name. Well, nobody fights killers from the start. No, I mean, Mike Tyson didn't. Mike Tyson was one of those guys that got pushed early because he was knocking people out right away. He was a dynamic fighter from day one. A lot of times it takes uh, a few years and a lot of fights close together to get going quickly, you know. And, you know, a boxer can have a little bit longer career than, like, say, an MMA fighter. You start getting knocked out in MMA, you're over. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Is there anything else you guys would like to talk about with boxing? Because I feel like it, it's so all over the map because there's so many personalities, there's so many characters, there's we're, we're missing so a fight many movies. That I, I remember to add, or missing a, uh, a couple of movies I, forget, I remember to add later. Million Dollar Baby. Okay. At least won an Oscar for that. Oh, that was a good one. Clint Eastwood directed. Yep, yep. yep. And that was actually about girls boxing. I've never seen it. Really? Mm-mm. Very good movie. I have a cousin that says it's the most perfect movie ever made. Wow. Which gave it too high of standards. So when I told people this, then they watch it, then they go, I don't know if it's the most perfect movie. So I don't want to build it up too much, but it was was good. I would say it was well-written and very well-acted. Hillary Swank was really good. I I don't remember if she won an award for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I remember it was the award-winning movie. I just don't remember who got the award. I I think her, Freeman, and Clint Eastwood all won. Wow. Yep. Eastwood want, didn't win it for actor. He won it for Directing, director. Yeah. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman was in the movie. I mean, <laughs> he was just there, right? <laughs> He's just, just there. Okay. Is there any other phenomenal movies that you think are worth mentioning before we end the episode? Because I've got one more poem that was in the What's My Name documentary, and I'll close it out with the exact same way that they closed out that movie because it was, it was beautiful. Snatch. Oh, really? <laughs> you like bags? You like bags? <laughs> I, mean, 
I don't remember enough about that movie. I know there, there was... was so little boxing in the movie, but <laughs> but I, when I googled boxing movies and Snatch came up, I was like, well, I can't not talk about a movie called Snatch. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus, I can't believe I I forgot all about that. It's a Guy Ritchie movie, so it had all the same Guy Ritchie people. Yep. Oh, yeah. plus, plus Brad Pitt, and it had all these cool names: Brick Top, One Punch Mikey O'Neill, Frankie Four Fingers, Bullet Tooth Tony. <laughs> nice. That's a fun movie. I just okay. wanted to talk All about right. it. Snatch. <laughs> it's good. It's not really about boxing, but... No nope. boxing teams. Yeah, but Brad Pitt knocks people out with one punch. Who can buy right. into that? This is yeah, a guy I from could. Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about Fight Club. Now, would that be considered a boxing movie or an MMA movie? You know what's funny? Fight I didn't, Club? I didn't yeah, take any notes on it, but I guess it would be an MMA I, one. I... But the, all they do is either. All they do is fight and punch each other. They don't have rules, so you could have done anything. But anytime you saw a fight, they were just standing hey, up punching. There, there was rules. Only two will fight, gentlemen. Fight goes on as long as it has to. And we don't talk about. Fight if someone fight. goes limp, fight's over, gentlemen. And Bob has bitch tits. <laughs> Bob has bitch tits. <laughs> <laughs> and if this is your first night at Fight Club, you, you have to fight. fight. Yep. All right. I'm sorry. Nope, that's totally fine. Okay. Okay. I have I have a page here of stuff that I wrote down. Um, just questions. How many boxers have regained the heavyweight championship belt? Well, Ali, Holyfield, Foreman, mm-hmm. wait, uh, Tyson. Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis. I don't think Tyson ever regained it. Mm-mm. He didn't get it back? Well, did, did he beat... Uh, Frank Bruno? That wasn't a regaining no, of the my, title? My research shows that it's Holyfield, Ali, and Lennox Lewis. That's it? What about Foreman? For, I don't think Foreman ever fought for a title after he came back, did he? Hey, beat Michael Moore. That's what led to the fight with Holyfield. Oh. Okay. Shit, I don't know. I'll give it to you. Good job. Well, You, I, you know more than Google. Well, that's, that's silly. I mean, are they saying the same exact title? Because... There's WBA, WBC. Sure. That might be their criteria. Yeah, because, I mean, I could say reclaiming the exact same belt. Yeah, but there's like 19 different. Yeah, there's so many governing bodies in professional boxing. Okay. Who is the only heavyweight champ to retire undefeated? Rocky Marciano. Mm -hmm. I I was thinking it was Floyd Mayweather, just looking at his record. 48-0, I think. Mm -hmm. 48-0, and then he died shortly after. I thought it might have been Floyd Mayweather because he's such a big name and his record is flawless. Cruiserweight, I think. Yep. He is not a heavyweight champion. Yeah, he's very small. And I wrote this down. I wouldn't I, say it to his face. So. <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> uh, so I did write I it mean, down. You should. You, you, you get a lawsuit. Yeah. Everybody says, I'd take a shot for Mike Tyson for $10 million. Fuck that. But you'd be dead. Oh, well, I would. In a heartbeat. <laughs> Your family gets $10 million. Not worth it. <laughs> You're drinking hey, from then, a straw then, forever. I mean, I'm a nihilist, so like life is pointless. So. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good, good. <laughs> uh, so I had mentioned this earlier about the uh, the boxer with the most wins. Uh, I did write it down. I was saying I wish I had my notes, but uh, what boxer is credited with the most wins? His name is Len Wickwer. Wicker? Wickwer? W I C K W A R. 1928 to 1947, he had. A record of 342, 86, and 43 uh, knockouts. 
Jesus. Jesus. 471 fights. That's a lot of fights. Fuck. Other notable names? That guy's fighting literally every week. I mean, <laughs> for 20 from, years? From 28 to 47, yeah. That's... I wonder if he's counting like bar fights and shit like yeah, that. <laughs> it just turns out he's up there. You know, I was just walking down the street. I seen these three broads and they was looking at me funny. So I knocked out. That's three and all. <laughs> and then the neighbor kid was giving me the side eye. I took his candy. Yeah, I punched him. <laughs> oh, Trick or treat, bitch. <laughs> so, There's a nun on the corner. <laughs> Other notable names. <laughs> Willie Willow the Wisp Pep 229 11 and 1. Wow. Uh Sugar Ray Robinson was 174 19 and 6. Man, back then those guys just fought so much. And now at this point you can't even fight that many times. No, your body just you doesn't recover enough to fight that much. Hmm. Hmm. Is there a boxer or MMA fighter now or ever that has been as vocal for their opinions than Muhammad Ali? I mean, he was the draft dodger. He was, you know, anti-military. He was civil rights. Oh, he was for, religious. For, oh, like okay. Um, everything he fought for outside of the ring. Is there anybody it, that's been that big of a celebrity? You know, the the funny thing is, for a guy who was a, quote, draft dodger, I ain't fighting no one else's war or whatever, right. how much respect he still had after that from guys that were in the military. Yeah, he stood up for his beliefs. He, freaking... I think people respected him for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything about that What's My Name documentary. Mm-hmm. It, it, I I had created a love affair with this guy because he was so impressive of who he was. And, and Muhammad Ali was also the guest special guest referee in the main event of the very first WrestleMania. Yep. I can't not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's your shtick. It's my shtick. He, uh, he even got to light the flame at the Olympics in 1994, I think it was. No, it was, it was in 96, because it, it was here in, in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta, and he was real bad with the uh, Parkinson's. Yeah, his whole oh, arm yeah. was shaking, yeah. Man. So, And I've that got... was the Olympics that Kurt Angle won the gold medal with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> there you go. Yep. There's your shtick. So you I'm... know, before each match, he had to take like 12 shots of Novocaine in his neck? Really? I'm not surprised. Yeah. The, the toughest son of a bitch ever. Well, I mean, did he ever fully recover from No, his, his career, the whole career was dealing with this neck. Damn. That's why he's got he, little he, he arms. Like, he, he got the surgery. He got uh, like cleared to compete, uh, but he broke his neck like three or four more times. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Well, that's what happens and when you're fighting guys like Brock. Yeah. There's a, there's, and there's a, there's a, a point in his career in TNA where they, his nickname was Perk Angle because he was taking like 80 Percocets a day. <laughs> that, that's fucked up. He, he really is lucky to be alive because that, oh. that would have killed most normal people. Wow. Yeah. He, he's and he was mixing high. with alcohol. He's, wow. Yeah, he's, he's a freaking machine. We, yeah. We definitely need to talk more about Kurt Angle in the MMA. Do you, you want to, <laughs> real quick about Kurt Angle, the guy had both of his knees replaced and since he's so afraid of taking painkillers, no painkillers. No yep. way. Double knee replacement, no painkillers. Jesus. The rest of us didn't think built that tough, uh-uh. man. Come on, man. I took <laughs> no, Tylenol. You for... give me all the painkillers. <laughs> I took <laughs> Tylenol for my yeah. headache. I might. So I had my hip replaced, which is why we had the gap this summer. And uh, they told me, you know, you might go home just taking Tylenol. 
and I, w- I did ironically i couldn't believe it so you know maybe, maybe you know science has come far enough ahead but he had both of his knees replaced right yeah i just had the one hip mm-hmm. i said the knee's worse than the hip he did both i had my gallbladder out <laughs> you're so tough i had a i had a hangnail removed and actually, and they gave i actually me. set a, a womack army hospital record for most times pressing the little pain relief button <laughs> Guinness was standing right there. He did it. He did it. <laughs> Balloons come down. <laughs> you are the biggest pussy. I was, I was sitting there twacked out on freaking Demerol. Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're so tough. You are the weakest link. I'm pretty proud of myself, not going to lie. <laughs> so good. Hey, if you're going to be good at something, be good at something. Be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> be the best. <laughs> the best pill popper I've ever known. It's so much harder to be the tough guy. Be the biggest. I would too. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> great. I'm sorry. That's great. You are the greatest. <laughs> no, you're good, man. <laughs> it's easy for me to say this because only two of us are recording in person. I don't know. This guy might be a lot bigger than me, but it is what it is. Not really. No, no we're we're all about the same size. Okay, good. I have that. I have that edge. I probably got a few pounds on you, but yeah, yes, you do. All right. <laughs> I can outrun them. My new wheels. Oh, dude, I don't, I don't run. <laughs> you are the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm sorry, we went I'm off the rails greatest. a little bit. Okay. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play two audio clips. Okay. One is a poem, and the other one is, like I said, the outro for... What's my name? Documentary. Okay, but it's it's also a poem, and then an outro. You'll you'll see. It's fantastic. Friendship is a priceless gift that cannot be bought nor sold, but its value is far greater than a mountain made of gold. For gold is cold and lifeless; it can neither see nor hear. In time of trouble, it's powerless to cheer. Gold has no ears to listen, no heart to understand. It cannot bring you comfort or reach out a helping hand. So when you ask God for a gift, be thankful if he sins. Not diamonds, pearls, or riches, but the love of real true friends. And that was uh, in reference to how him and George Foreman became really good friends. Him, him and Frazier okay. became friends too. Which yep. was, and then their daughters fought. They did? Well, toward, it, that was very end. Right. I was going to say. And then the daughters fought. Remember that? Layla Ali and. Yeah, and Layla Ali fucked her up. Yeah, well, she was a much better fighter. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so is Layla Ali. She's a smoke show. She is. Okay. I'll have to look that up later. And she, she didn't talk nowhere near as much as her dad. <laughs> No, nobody can be that uh, no, personality. No, nobody. Yeah. All right. And with that said, loafers out. When I retired from boxing. I really don't know. I want to say something right here. You all might, this might make y'all think. What I'm going to do when I get out of boxing is to get myself ready to meet God because God is watching me. He wants to know how do we treat each other? How do we help each other? So, This is a test 
to see where will we spend our life in heaven and hell. And that's eternity. This is not the life now. Your real self is inside you. Your body gets old. But your soul and your spirit never die. So when I die, if there's a heaven, I want to see it. So God is testing us on how we treat each other, how we live, to see where our real home be in heaven. misery now all our suffering and pains are part of history we came in chains you must remember that for that and that alone explains exactly where we're at we came in chains we came as living loot so you could boast slave gotten gains we've grown beneath your boot we came in chains and how our blood was spilled Together with our sweat, it stains this nation we helped build. We came in chains, we didn't volunteer, and yet today the fact remains, we're still held captive here. We came in chains, now I say cut us loose, though that may go against your grain, still there's no excuse. We came in chains, now who down there is gonna bear the cost, till every one of us regains the freedom we have lost. We came in chains, and now your choice must be to either blow out all my brains or else just set me 